Um, I, I wanted to catch up. Like, I found you. How did I find you guys? I think I heard your trailer on, I think, Pink Fauxhawk. Ah. Mm, okay. Awesome. Pink, awesome. I think it was Pink Fauxhawk. And I was like, okay, well, I need more Shadowrun because I'm all caught up on resting glitch face and all my other ones so i'm like all right i put it on and i'm like all right i can dig this this is a this is a fun twist like them running in the barrens with no sins that is that's difficult mm -hmm. so you, I actually, dude, you know what like hang on a second um mm -hmm. are you recording now should we just like do some intros and then just start this yeah, thing is this is good content right here man yeah and i'm bad about yeah um, so I'll go ahead and do our intro. Hey okay. everyone, um, I'm Dan the GM, as you know, and I wanted to bring you all a podcast that I have been binging for for several weeks now. This is Sinless. So uh, guys, how about you introduce yourselves? Uh, yeah, my name is Dr. Friendship. I am the lead editor for Sinless, and uh, I'm also one of the co-creators for Critical Hits, the, the brand that Sinless falls under. Um, we also have another, we have a lore podcast called Shadow Running on Empty that has uh, all kinds of lore topics where we, we get together and uh, we discuss those and sort of dig into some of the Shadow Run lore. Uh, but yeah, I, I live stream over on Critical Hits Live with my buddy, Dr. Sweet Brown. And uh, we also do the, uh, the two uh, podcasts slash YouTube series as well. Dr. Sweet Brown, you want to go next and... Then, uh, yeah. then I'll go, or you want me to go? Let, let's do uh, yeah, just, since, since you mentioned me, yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm Dr. Sweet Brown. Uh, I'm part of Critical Hits Live as well, and I guess I would be the co-editor, you could call me, for uh, for Sinless. Uh, also a part of yeah Critical Hits Live, and uh, do the streaming over uh, on uh, Critical Hits Live over on Twitch as well. I am so easy mode. I'm the GM for the Sinless show. I also do uh, the the podcast and a lot of the research for all of our fun Shadowrun lore and uh, the other uh, co-creator for the Critical Hits uh, team that brings you all this great Shadowrun stuff. And you guys do an amazing job. Like like we were saying before, I think I hit the record button like like an idiot. Um, you guys do a different take on Shadowrun. Uh, Y'all don't do the whole like every runner has a sin out the gate uh, effect, effect. Well, at least where I'm at, only I think one person has a sin. Yeah, yeah. it might be it might be one or two. I think uh, easy. Do you are you like familiar with how many people have sins? I know my yeah. character doesn't. Uh, for our sinless group, most of the characters when we started out didn't didn't have sins. Uh, no one had a fake sin. I think right now, as current recording, there are three three individuals that have acquired their fake sins so that they can move about in the greater downtown metroplex area with a little bit more ease. So before I actually go into the, the actual questions we wrote, what made you guys go with that route? Because I know that, I mean, I used to play third edition and like having a sin was like the only way you could get anything done. Well, 
anything done easily, I guess is how I should more word it. Um, what made you guys go with next to no one having sins? Like that is, that's like playing Shadowrun on hard mode. Um, I'll, I'll take this one. Uh, we wanted to start out kind of, let's say like uh, we had two new players basically. Um, Zero and uh, Kaze were, were brand new to Shadowrun. And what we wanted to do was start a game where you're at square one. In in most Shadowrun games, you essentially, you're, you're playing like a career criminal who's already pretty well leveled up. It's it's very different than a lot of other systems where like you start at level one, then you go kill some goblins, and then you turn in the quest to the you know quest guild, and then you get a couple of experience points, and then you get to level two, and then you start fighting kobolds, you know, it's not really that sort of uh, like a flow, I suppose. It's more of a, you're already leveled up and any growth that you're gonna make is almost lateral as opposed to vertical. So we wanted to start out kind of at square one with a, a bunch of runners sort of doing just like little odd jobs and, you know, community work. Uh, the Barons made sense and that's probably the easiest place to get away with not having a sin. Um, the other thing is, uh, you know, these two new players, they were, they're very much not familiar with the system or how things worked or the universe or anything like that. So we wanted to give them an opportunity to still be able to do stuff. And then, you know, when it comes down to like resources and building a character, you know, that, that was also like a, a little bit of a task. So we figured, you know, just starting from the very bottom, and then working our way up made the most sense to, you know, bring these two guys into the uh, the universe and the world. Well, I know that for me, that was a really cool twist on it. Like, there's a lot of ways you can play Shadowrun, but this is one of those ones that I don't think, as a player, I've never experienced. And as a GM, I've thought about, but I'm like, eh, would that make it too difficult? But you guys seem to make it work, but I think it's the synergy and how and everything and how everyone works together because yeah you guys ended up you ended up building that like a safe area in the barrens which kind of became jotunheim well yeah became jotunheim um and how it like it was really cool like it felt your story felt like it grows organically because of like all the little weird chaos that happens when you guys are at runs which is really fun to listen to yeah, organic chaos is a nice way of putting it. <laughs> <laughs> but I have to say, like, you know, I'm on 79, so I'm at, I guess, I don't know, I, I you guys just dealt with the Halloweeners the second time, the second hit, and you're on the second hospital run. I don't want to get oh, too God. much out. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. That was, yeah. That was a good one. That was a good yeah. one. Yeah. Oh, boy. There's a lot of, lot of good things that are about to happen. And without revealing too much, like, I know we're getting ready to go into Shadowrun for our second season, and we've discussed about the particular virus that you guys are dealing with, and I'm, I've talked back and forth, and, you know, my players are like, well, I mean, if you think it's a good idea, and I'm like, it's not if I think it's a good idea i think if it's a survivability thing so 
yeah, I'm excited. Like, um, the the whole HMHVV thing is it. It's one of those things where it's in there, it's in the world, and you can introduce it if you want to, and you almost have to like decide, do I want to just as the GM uh, make this something that I follow the rules strictly for because it's almost a death sentence if if you actually get yes. it. Um, if you want to keep the story going though, from a showrunner perspective, you might just have to like DM fudge it you know kind of thing to keep this story going because one of the things that i found um and we've been discussing a lot lately is it's very different uh making a show and just playing a game around the table they're they're two entirely different things so you have to sort of strike a balance of like okay uh we would normally do this around the table but that's not going to work for creating a show that's going to be entertaining for people so how do we kind of meet in the middle and come up with like a, you know, an acceptable compromise that works for both the players that are spending their time to come and play the game. And then also the people that are listening to the show. So if you're going to introduce it, just be aware that you might need to, you know, make some, uh, some GM magic happen over there. Yeah. I'm, I'm still kicking the idea back and forth. Um, we're homebrewing the entire world, which gives me a little bit more freedom. Uh, so in playing, instead of playing in on Earth, we're playing on a planet called Niratova. So I've taken a lot of the vanilla lore and modified it, as well as added a bunch of our own lore to kind of make things blend as best as I can, but still keep that darkness and that grunge from the, the world of Shadowrun. And uh, that's been an interesting thing to do. That sounds pretty cool. Yeah, I, I can tell you if uh, for anyone that ever wants to GM or even wants to dig into the Shadowrun lore, listening to a podcast or a show that actually discusses it is a lot easier than going on the wiki because I, st I stayed, stayed up for 24 hours reading the wikis, trying to get a better understanding of the world at large. And I don't even think I scratched the surface. No, there's there's so many meta plots that are going on that haven't been wrapped up. Going from uh, like uh, third edition into fourth, into fifth, and now even into sixth. So th yeah. there's a lot to digest, especially from the wiki. Yeah, yeah, we're doing a fifth edition. I grew up on third. That's where mm -hmm. I started Shadowrun. But when I saw fifth edition, I was like. That gets rid of a lot of grind, but it adds some other grind. I have yeah, the books for fifth, though. <laughs> each edition adds or subtracts mm -hmm. from the crunch in its own way. But in my opinion, if you have the books, that's usually the best edition to go with because you've, you've got everything on hand right there. Yeah. So let's uh, get the the actual questions that I that Nightland and I pre-wrote. Um, so. <laughs> Uh, I will need someone to have a D4 and a D6 is how we're going to do it. Oh, crap. Uh, let yeah, me I see if I have a... Do you have a D4? Easy. Uh, I, I'm, I'm not nearby. I, I have <laughs> to go upstairs to grab it. Hang on. Do you have one, Brown? Uh, I'm, I'm looking right now. I got my D&D &D dice sitting right here, so... Uh, if... I got plenty of D6s around me. Yeah. Yeah, I actually went out and 
um, bought a bunch of D6 for running Shadowrun. I ended up buying a couple like fluorescent ones, and then I ins I bought a black light for my office. Yeah. Oh, nice. Just because that felt like it's something that I should have as in Shadowrun is neon dice. Uh, you okay. know what? They're actually useful. Um, I, I run with two different colors of dice. That way I can track my different pools. Oh. So like if you're playing uh, with, you know, fifth edition and you have like your edge pool and stuff like that, having a separate set of dice for your edge pool makes it a lot easier to keep track of. I've spent this much edge. You know, I've done this uh, for me. It's it's like uh, my different right now. I'm playing a rigger in SR3 and I have like a control pool. So I have a separate color of dice for my control pool. That is absolutely brilliant. Why have I never thought of that? I'm here to help. I'm from I the internet wasted... and I'm here to help. <laughs> I have wasted so much pieces of paper and pencils doing the old way. Right, DSP, the... you got the D4, yeah, dude? Yeah. Oh, I got the D4 ready. All right, let's go. All right. Uh, is uh, Easy back? Yeah, I'm, I'm... okay. So we have three categories. So the first thing we're going to do is roll the D6 to see what category we are going to pull from. Uh, two. All right. So these are our personal questions. So uh, let's get that D4 roll, and we'll see what question I've got for you. Uh, we got a two. A two. Oh, I'm happy about this one. How do slash did you come up with your characters? You want to take this one first, DSP? Yeah. Um, see, I, I play a maging in, uh, in Sinless. The... Uh, Definitely best mage and only mage we have right now. But uh, if uh, for for a maging, um, first of all, it, it started out like I, I I've always wanted to play a uh, a magic user in Shadowrun. I've never had a chance in all of uh, all of Easy's uh, campaign, and th this was the time to do it. So started out with that, and then uh, friendship. His character. Uh, him and I, we, we came up with a backstory about how we were street performers. I would use my magic to to wow the crowd and, you know, steal from steal from all the uh, watchers. <laughs> you grifters. Yeah. Hey, it's, it's hard, a hard life in the Barrens. You got to do what you got to do. Absolutely. But yeah, that's uh, that, that that's how I. Uh, how amazing was born. So with amazing's name, I think someone points it out later on that like you're i think it was i don't remember when it was but someone points out that it's like a mage pun and that both of your mages at that time had mage puns is that actually a pun or was it just what you came up with like how did the name come out it was trying to come up with like what would a mage call himself as a street performer and uh friendship came up with it came up with it just um it just popped up and like oh that's got that's got to be it there amazing it rolls off the tongue well definitely sounds like what a street performer would call himself okay yeah that i mean that's true i always wondered that like how you guys how you came up with that particular name well like the the i'll, I'll give you the like where i actually came up with it because it's not an original thought for me uh, mm -hmm. I used to play World of Warcraft, and on the server that I was playing, there was a mage named Amaging, and I was like, that's the most amazing name I've ever heard for a mage. And we had this opportunity, and I was like, that's it right there. Here you go. Like, you're welcome. 
So if you're out there amazing from World of Warcraft, uh, good job. You're famous now. <laughs> so what about uh, you, Loki? How did you or do you come up with your characters? Okay, so I got two characters. Uh, season one, I play Loki. Um, spoiler alert, uh, he retires gracefully at the end of season one. Um, I hope I'm not giving away too much here. Uh, but in season two, I also I play a rigger named Ghost. Um, so I'll give you both of them, actually. Uh, okay. During season one, we needed a face. Uh, we didn't. We had two new players, two like brand spanking new players who had played tabletop RPGs before, but never played Shadowrun. So we absolutely needed a face because we needed somebody to not only like do the talking for the group, but also help keep the campaign kind of like moving forward it's real easy in Shadowrun to get like sidetracked and stuck on you know meta plots and you know little side missions and it's it's like when you're playing skyrim and you have that like quest log and it's like super full you know uh you could you could start pulling on a lot of threads and then never get anything done uh so i decided i was gonna go with a face um i basically just built the most faciest face that i could think of uh, went with the social adept and decided to take a bunch of powers that would just make him good at talking. And when I looked at him, I was like, okay, so he's he's in the Barrens. He used to be like a, the hype man for the amazing street performance act where we would con people and steal their stuff. What like What is this guy's attitude? What is his personality? And I was like, this guy's an egomaniac. He's, he's absolutely... 100% obsessed with himself. Uh, he 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 cares about other people, but will put himself before everybody else. So I just decided to play this like this weird egomaniac kind of character. And as the campaign went on, Easy just gave me all these opportunities to start kind of leaning into that a little bit more. And I uh, he gets he gets kind of out of control actually <laughs> at a certain point he gets he's pretty wild so uh I just sort of started leaning into the the cues that easy was giving me and you know pushing forward on that and he just he wound up the way he is so like if you haven't watched season one go watch season one because he's got a, a pretty fun little uh, character development arc and it, it ends up it winds up pretty interesting at the very end so you know uh, you're just gonna have to uh to watch the show or listen to the show and uh and get more of that uh the character i play in season two is a quadriplegic rigger interesting so he he basically lives life out of his his chair he's got like a chair that isn't like a wheelchair it's like a dr octopus like walker chair kind of and he's yeah always jacked in and he basically lives life vicariously through his drones. Um, hmm. I came up with this concept and got to play like two sessions of it in a game before we started making content. And I wanted to bring him back because I never really got to explore the character. And that's why I'm playing that character in season two. Uh, I've always wanted to do it. And I had the character already built and ready to go. and still had the character sheet and everything. So I didn't really need to do any work. And since I needed a new character, I was like, let's go with this one. It fits, it'll slot into the team nicely, and it's it'll be fun for me and fun for the viewers. So that's uh 
that's basically how I, I came up with that concept. But I, I figured, okay, you have this quadriplegic flaw. How can you make that work? That's the only way I could think to make that work. Then I wanted to take it to try it and see how, how it would pan out. And uh, it's been pretty fun so far. Yeah, I know I've seen that flaw. And I was like, I've always been like, how? Like, how would you make that work? And like, I was thinking if you went Decker technomancer but rigor actually is brilliant like with the way everything works in shadowrun especially if you're going into the, like the wireless age yeah that makes a lot of sense yeah it's pretty fun it's it's good uh, a good little like twist on the the flaw uh it's, it's a hard one to get around and yeah you can do like uh like a rigor techno technomancer kind of thing but we don't we don't do that in our games because in third edition it's like a slog the matrix is a real grind and yeah. it really takes away from everybody else's ability to play so we kind of house rule that we just sort of don't do that for the most part um and so like i you know i decided uh, this would probably be the easiest way to make that work and so that's what we went with it's really cool So, uh, Easy, how do you do your characters? Like, have you come up with characters, like your NPCs and stuff like that? Because I know that you have a pretty big slew of different NPCs that you play. Yeah, I, I try to come up with some unique ones every once in a while. Um, occasionally, they just kind of organically happen. Uh, the best one I can think of the recurring one in season one with the lawyer uh, Sam Hickory <laughs> everyone's favorite skeezy lawyer <laughs> he was just going to be a plot device to help get uh, the introduction in for the, the new players that were coming into season one and he ends up becoming a recurring character in season one I wasn't initially prepared for that, but he kind of organically grew as things continued. Every once in a while, you have to come up with an NPC on the fly, and sometimes your players will just latch on and want more from that NPC. So in my downtime, I, I'd have to think about what's their motivation, what, have, what are they after, and then ins insert them back into the world now with this whole personality and backstory. <laughs> yeah. Who's your favorite NPC that you've created? Oh, boy. Um, <laughs> my favorite one currently in Sinless is one individual that we meet when they do their hospital heist and they have to babysit. Uh, and if you haven't seen it, it's where they're, they're babysitting one NPC is just known as Kevin. Oh, yes, Kevin. Yeah, Kevin's bad day. He's yeah. probably my favorite just because he's a he's <laughs> an actual bring over from a previous Shadowrun game that we had run just around the table before we had started recording where that exact same thing had happened to him before. 
Poor Kevin. <laughs> so if you're wondering why it's why it's so funny is because Kevin has now experienced being kidnapped and babysat by Shadowrunners twice in his life. Yeah. I I, I feel like that is something that when you have a, a recurring NPC, I feel like that is something that they should go through. Is that like again, crap. Like, exactly. That, that's I, why he was so just, oh, gosh. Why? I feel like there's there's also, like, those Johnsons that always deal with runners. That they're just like, ugh, this again. Like, uh, just that, that just dreading of dealing with the, you have to deal with the face, and how is this face going to be? And just, I feel like that is just, in the world of Shadowrun, that is just a personality that people eventually have to develop as the, well, it's another day. To deal with these runners, exactly. I don't. One of, one of my favorite things to do is actually kind of mess with some of the NPCs. I would have never guessed. Strictly for that reason, because it's entertaining. I mean, it entertains me, but I think it also entertains anybody that's listening or watching the show as well. Uh, and it gives easy stuff to work with. If he decides he needs to bring them back for whatever reason, they now have this like trauma or experience that gives them a little bit more depth that allows easy as the GM to uh, kind of have a, a different facet for them. So they're not just a one dimensional, you know, guy on paper or whatever. I have to say, if I ever had to deal with Loki as an, as a, like being someone that's in Loki's sights to be interrogated, it, that would be the worst day. Cause it's the, here, have the VIP lounge, and now I'm going to lecture you, threaten you, and then just be this big old chummer right at the end. And it's the, I don't know if I hate you or I, I, I am friends with you now. I guess I was doing a good job then, because that's exactly the reaction I was going for for somebody watching the show. Yeah, like, there are times that Loki drove me nuts. Like, it's the, God, get your head out. And then it's the, like... I love Loki. He's got that that wit and that personality a face should have. Well, good. I'm I'm glad I did a, a good job because I really enjoyed that character, mm -hmm. and uh, I, I leaned into him pretty hard. And he really started kind of having a real life of his own, especially towards about like the first, the second half of the first season. Mm -hmm. um, so, like, I I'm glad that uh, that you, as somebody who has watched or listened to the show came away with that because that's absolutely what I was going for so well you nailed it that's that's for sure uh I don't think I have any more follow-up questions for this one so uh let's get another roll of a d6 uh we got a four on this one okay and that means we are going into the show-based questions and let's get that d4 roll that'd be a four okay this is uh this one has been thrown most of the people we've talked to a, a little bit of a, a curve. What is the hardest thing about running or being a part of a podcast? DSB, you should start here. Go go for it, dude. Uh, yeah, the hardest thing I, I'd say definitely is, uh, especially with the number of players we have, is is getting. And it is it's the problem on every every tabletop role playing group is is getting everybody together finding that that perfect time to be able to to get everyone to sit down and actually play for a, a couple hours and uh, audio stuff man audio stuff is is one of the hardest things that we've had 
Um, whether uh, a mic's picking up something in the background, I uh, can't hear them clearly enough, they have an echo, something uh, along those lines that, that it's been a, the number one problem we've really had trying to get the uh, podcast going. Yeah, we. I know that audio is a, a, especially with being a podcast or an audio only format. Well, you guys also have the video, um, but audio, like, you don't think about it in your everyday. Just in an office, the ambient sound you can pick up, and it's just one of those like until you start recording, and then you have an editor going back. And I think both Friendship and DSB, you're both editing, right? You're both editors. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, just the ambient sound that a mic picks up, and you're like, that wasn't there during the recording. It's just the, hmm, tech gremlins, question mark? Yeah, the, the sound is definitely a, definitely a bit of an issue. There's a couple of things that we've learned over this process. Uh, like we, were st we started recording just in Discord, and one of the, the biggest problems that we had is uh, you you're going to record something in discord it's going to be one audio track and we wound up looking at it like hey this is a problem because if somebody if one person's talking and then another person's talking and steps on them there's no way for us to separate that there's no way for us to adjust a single person's audio if they're having an issue that day or there's a fan running or whatever there's no way for us to to go back and you know adjust that single person's audio you got to just do it for one track and it was a nightmare so we actually started recording everything in zoom which gives you the option to record multiple audio tracks for each individual participant which that changed the game for us in mm -hmm. terms of, of producing like a audio quality because you can take each individual track run it through its own noise reduction filters and cut out a lot of the, the crap that's happening in the background and, you know, then put it back in as kind of a fixed sort of, you know, single, single track for each person. And then if you have like a situation where, you know, people are stepping on each other or whatever, you can separate that out and it'll still work, you know, and kind of just, extend it and move it around and play around with it and it gives you a little bit more freedom so uh as as an editor if anybody is interested in uh recording a podcast i highly recommend using zoom or each individual participant recording their own audio and sending it in so you have multiple tracks to work with uh don't don't do what we did and find out the hard way that it's going to be an absolute nightmare trying to deal with just one track for the whole thing what do you guys edit on? Like, what system do you guys use? Like, we use Audacity. What do you all use? Uh, we use a couple of different things, actually. Uh, since we're doing video, it's a little bit different. I We might be one of the only Shadowrun content creators that makes stuff with a video perspective in mind. Um, I, I don't know that there's a whole lot of other people that are doing that right now. Um, I don't think so. Yeah, we, we might be the only ones currently that have a focus on video. So uh, we, we use Audacity. I, I like to use Audacity for a couple of the tools that they have, uh, but it's a secondary thing for us. Uh, primarily what we do is we record in Zoom, as I was saying before, and most of our editing gets done in DaVinci Resolve. And if you guys aren't familiar with that, uh, Resolve is 
it's a video editor program that's very, very powerful, has a lot of tools, but it also has a free version that it's what we use. We use the free version. We haven't paid for it. Um, and it does the same things that your Adobe products would do for the most part. Um, there's a little bit less support for it because I mean, clearly Adobe is like the front runner and the thing that most people use. But if you're trying to just get started and do something on the cheap, uh, I would check out DaVinci Resolve from uh, Blackmagic Design because that's pretty much where we do all of our video editing and the bulk of our sound editing. I might have to look into that because I do YouTube, like record video games and do some speed painting uh, recording for Nightland. And I'm using some like off-brand video editor that is sometimes gets kind of laggy, but it might also be my computer that's 10 years old. It's hard to say sometimes. Um, but, huh, I'm gonna have to look into that. DaVinci? DaVinci Resolve from Blackmagic okay. Design. Just make sure when you download it, you download the free version. It's gonna have like a couple of pop-ups to figure out which like version you want. Make sure you, you download the free version. You can download the paid version, but if you don't pay for it, it just won't work. And you have to go and do the whole thing again, so. Make a note about that, because I am always looking to up my game. Um, also, to add on to that, if you are doing audio only, we actually use two record bots called Craig and Garrick, or Grarick, or however it's pronounced, it's Craig backwards. Uh, and if you're using Audacity, you can actually, when you download the file, you can download a Audacity file where all the tracks are separated. Ooh, okay. Yeah, that's a little bit of a game changer. I like that. It, yeah, uh, when we got started, I took a couple of months to dig into recording because I actually have a background in videography and editing. And man, it was at at one point I almost gave up to gave up doing the podcast because I couldn't find anything. And then this bot was a game changer. So, yeah, uh, using Zoom sounds like if you're going video format, definitely you're going to want to do something better than, no offense to Discord, but Discord's video is kind of lackluster. But, yeah, uh, I never even heard of DaVinci Resolve. I'm definitely going to look into that. Um, let's do one more question if you guys are done with that one. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Yeah. D6 then. Uh, we got another two. Okay, got another personal question. And we got a one on the D4. Okay. I think I already know the answer to this one, but we're going to find out. What is your favorite system? Uh, easy? Uh, third. So Shadow on yeah. third dead? Yeah, third edition is the, is the best for me. I, it's what I was introduced to the game on. It's what I know the most. It's what I've dived into rules lore everything uh, i even have courtesy of my original gm that got me into the game i have his old put together gm screen that has a bunch of the useful tables straight out of the third edition core book you know one of these days i'm actually going to break down and actually set myself up a gm screen i just have like a bunch of pdfs and pictures that i have up on my screen screwing about oh you need a gm screen it's I so do. useful <laughs> i think nightland for christmas one year bought me one and i just never set it up or never figured out how to use it because i've never used a gm screen 
And I've been GMing for 10 years. I, I have notebooks upon notebooks upon notebooks of notes. I know that life. <laughs> um, what about friendship and DS... DSB? <laughs> go, go ahead, DSB. Yeah, I mean, 3rd uh, edition is really the only... Uh, only system for uh, Shadowrun that I've, I've ever done. Uh, I've looked a little bit into five, but uh, I, I haven't dove deep enough. Three is what I started playing on. It's it's what I know I'm familiar. Trying to learn something else is uh, <laughs> it's a it's a bit of a challenge to to take the time to do that. Mm -hmm. uh, for me, I, I actually have two answers to this. Because it says favorite system, but it doesn't specify Shadowrun specifically. So I'm going to give you two answers for this. I'm fine with that. Uh, in terms of game and lore and stuff that, you know, I'd like to play in, uh, I think that Shadowrun 3rd Edition is kind of the high point in the lore. Um, I think after that, it gets a little bit clunky and starts, starts getting a little weird. Uh, I think that the best stuff like lore wise came out in Shadowrun 3e and that is my favorite system to play in that said my favorite system mechanically is actually the genesis dice system with the narrative dice uh, if you haven't played that it's a very fluid dice system where it's from fantasy flight games uh it basically allows you to succeed at something with a negative caveat like uh you're trying to like pickpocket the guy so yeah you succeed in in pickpocketing him but you also cut your hand on the knife that's in his pocket or something like that but it also allows you to fail and succeed as well so uh you go to take a shot at you know one of the one of the goons or whatever you miss the shot but it actually hits a gas line and explodes and blows up the entire diner. Oh, so, okay. That's an interesting system. It's it's very fluid. It's very fun. Uh, I highly recommend checking at least the dice system out for Genesis. Um, you can port it over into pretty much any game that you want to play. You probably have to do some work to figure it all out. But I, I think it's one of the, the best dice systems that has existed in terms of being able to storytell and have fun things happen organically it it really promotes that so uh i i love that system to play i i don't like the uh i guess like the character progression rules that's very very much on rails and doesn't allow for like any flexibility but the dice system itself is super super fun you think it's one of those systems that if you did enough work, you could probably port it over to like replace a dice system in something else? Probably, yeah. Hmm. So, fun fact with that, there's actually a bunch of games that have already been ported over to that system that you can actually find online. A lot of people have done a lot of work. I know for a fact that there is a Shadowrun port for the Genesis system. Hmm. Was this before or after they made the Anarchy edition? I think it was before Anarchy. I know it was definitely before 6th edition came out. So it exists out there 
in the in the internet tubes <laughs> if you're interested in trying to find it. I'm sure someone out there will that wants to get into Shadowrun will probably go digging for it because I know that that sounds like it's a lot easier of a system than depending on the system you're doing in Shadowrun, their system. It definitely is a lot less crunchy and with the uniqueness of the the storytelling dice it helps create kind of a joint story between both the gm running and the players so it's definitely a game that gives players a little bit more agency in the storytelling aspect mm -hmm. which can be a lot of fun and it turns the game into a little bit more of a cooperative storytelling so if you want richer interesting stories genesis can definitely help you with that i don't know a lot of good tips that's cool uh so that is all the questions i've got um do you guys want to give out your socials which will all be found in the descriptions in the episode descriptions as well as like after this we'll play their promo which is absolutely hilarious uh, yeah, sure. Uh, you can find us on YouTube. We're uh, youtube.com, and our handle is at criticalhits1253. That's where you can find us on YouTube. Uh, you can find us on pretty much all podcasting platforms. Our Shadowrun 3rd Edition actual play is called Sinless, capital S-I-N-L-E-S-S. And uh, you can also find our lore podcast on all the same platforms as well. And that's Shadow Running on Empty. Uh, we stream live on Twitch. Don't do any tabletop RPG content currently. Uh, probably won't. Mostly it's just a place for us to come and hang out. But uh, we're Critical Hits Live over on Twitch. You can find us over there. And uh, we have some stuff on socials, but I don't really use them as much as I probably should. But uh, on Twitter or X or whatever, it's uh, I think it's critical underscore hits. We're critical hits on Instagram. Uh, or critical hits Inc on Instagram, I believe. Uh, I haven't posted anything there in ages. Yeah, and, it's uh, Inc. Yeah, and then uh, I think it's critical hits live over on Reddit as well. We're pretty active in the uh, the Shadowrun subreddit, so if you want to find us over there, just look for the little orange TV guy. Critical hits, it's us. I'm afraid to go to Reddit. <laughs> you know, like, I, I have some opinions about Reddit. I don't like Reddit too much, but the Shadowrun subreddit is not bad. There's a lot of places that are absolute dumpster fires over there, mm. but the Shadowrun one isn't isn't really too bad. It's, it's kind of okay over there. So uh, if you're looking for information, Reddit's a really good place. Uh, if you're looking for, you know, a place to hang out, probably find somewhere else because uh it's not a not a good part of the internet really you know unless you're actually <laughs> looking for something specific so it's the barons of the internet oh yeah definitely <laughs> yeah i i have to say one of the things that i absolutely have to give credit to the majority of the shadowrun community is everyone's actually pretty accepting and pretty willing to answer questions um and the community itself is pretty friendly. Like I've, I've gone and asked people questions about stuff on not only like I not on Reddit, but on the actual like Shadowrun forums. And people are pretty chill about you know, hey, this is what 
we've done, this is what works, this is what doesn't, and this is what absolutely just completely destroyed our game. Like, the, the Shadowrun community is actually pretty chill when it comes to, like, answering questions without a lot of, I don't know, anything behind it. Like condescension? Yeah, that's what I was looking for. <laughs> no, I, I can get behind that as well. The Shadowrun community is very open. Everybody wants new players to enjoy the game. Nobody wants to laud anything over you or anything like that. Uh, it's it's a pretty great community. I am super excited that we'll be joining them eventually. <laughs> I gotta finish season one. This is taking forever. <laughs> <laughs> I got three episodes left to record, but the scheduling stuff is killing me because it's the holidays. Oh yeah. We, so, we understand the scheduling. It's like herding cats. Yes. Mm -hmm. Well, I want to thank Sinless for joining me. Uh, this was an absolute pleasure. And from my end, I have actually been holding back just the absolute amazement I was able to talk to y'all. And I get to talk to Resting Glitchface later today. So I've got two really amazing po uh, Shadowrun podcasts that... <clears throat> has not only taught me a lot about the system, but storytelling in Shadowrun is different. And listening to it from two different sides has really kind of made me look at how I'm going to have to step up my game. Well, I'm, I'm glad that we could help. And uh, I, I personally want to just thank you very much for uh, for interviewing us today and sitting down to talk with us. We're happy to do it anytime. And, uh, you know, I hope you guys have a, a fantastic show with this one. Congratulations on three years. That's a pretty major accomplishment, and uh, we're we're just really happy to be here. Yeah, you guys are amazing. I, <laughs> I, I like no joke. I was telling Nightland this was, this is like on that like she got to interview No Quest, and she was fangirling the whole time. And I'm like, yeah, you know, I've got the the joy of having that professionalism training, but in the back of my head, I'm like, I can't believe this is real. I can't believe this is real. I can't believe this is real. Is this real? <laughs> It's real, man. It's real. Yeah. We're, we're real people, and you can uh, you can actually talk to us if you just. Ask. It's it's really happening. Yes. Yeah. It's not a milk run that's gone sour. No. Mm -mm. <laughs> no. No. Mm -mm. This is real. Nope. This is real life. It's it's really happening. <laughs> but absolutely, thank you so much for joining me, and uh, I will again have all their links to everything I can in the description below. So. You all have an amazing season two. I can't wait to get there. I can't wait to see how things end. I have a theory on how, what, how, uh, what happens to Loki based on where I'm at now, but it is very thin stringed because it just got introduced. So we'll see if I'm right or wrong. Well, I'm you uh, you let us know. Find out. Yeah, I'm really excited to find out. All right, I will actually uh, post in somewhere on your Discord uh, my theory and then we'll find out if I'm right or wrong. Well, right, you guys would good. know. I'll find out. <laughs> so. We won't spoil it for you. We'll, we'll let it just happen. Thank mm -hmm. you. I appreciate that. Spoilers <laughs> are bad. All right. Well, I'm going to let you all go. I'm going to get started on editing this so I can get it produced and ready for January 1st, 2024. Awesome. All right. Well, thanks, Dan. Appreciate it. Thank you, thank you so much, Dan. Yeah, thank you. Have a great day, guys. Bye. trying to serve me a subpoena N no a i'm trying to do some crime
Has this ever happened to you? You're trying to do some crime, but don't know where to start? Well, you're in luck, listener. Why not try Sinless Brand Actual Play Podcast and YouTube Series? Sinless is a Shadowrun 3rd Edition Actual Play Podcast that follows a group of career criminals while they try and make a life in the barrens of 2050s Seattle. Follow the crew as they build their reputation, starting as a simple Redmond gang doing odd jobs around the community and end up in way over their heads as deniable assets in international power struggles and megacorp feuds. Sinless eliminates the crunch and instead focuses on the stories of the runners that you'll come to love or hate. When you try Sinless Brand Podcast, you'll learn how to commit multiple felonies, such as kidnapping, a horned figure approaching uh-huh. you. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Summary execution. And I pull my gun and I shoot him in the head. Oh, grand theft. Look, man, I'm driving, all right? Not anymore. You're not parking. Get out. Terrorism. So how do we all feel about regicide? And many, many more. So what are you waiting for? Try Sinless Brand Actual Play Podcast and YouTube series today. The makers of Sinless do not endorse commission of any actual crime outside of the gaming room. The makers of Sinless are not responsible people. Do not use Sinless Brand products if you are allergic to fun. Talk to your doctor if you experience any of the side effects, including but not limited to uncontrollable laughter, repulsive dice roll, nausea, vomiting, lost character sheets, dizziness or vertigo, unnatural attachment to fictional characters, withdrawal between episodes, ocular bleeding, Cheeto fingers, caffeine dependence, insomnia, or death. Sinless, the actual play that puts the gag in baggage. Available at your local stuffer shack or wherever you listen to podcasts.